Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. I need five people still excited. Five people just excited. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It is Sunday, January 25th, and our corporate fast has been completed. Oh, man. Now, how do we eat anything that we want and still stay hungry? That's going to be the challenge, amen? Eating anything that you want, but staying as hungry as we've been for the last three weeks. Some of you did it for seven days, for 14 days, for 21 days, but it's done, amen? Is anybody excited Saturday when you, you made plans to go eat? Anybody had, like went, went crazy? How many of you overdid it? And suffer, are still suffering this morning for, for, yeah, there it is. I warned you, I warned you. By chuletas, some of you went right for the chuletas Saturday morning, not a good idea. Afternoon, you had to ease in with the fish and the chicken before you get to that, to that level of meatage. Amen? Anyway, it's done. We're done. We're changed by it. And let me just give you one thing on that before we go on. I'm not going to talk about all about fasting today, but... But let me say this, we've heard great reports come in week after week after week during this time. We've seen people, we've heard that people have seen the hand of God move in their lives. We, we've seen God move on people's behalves. We've seen people get jobs and raises and promotions. Amen? Yeah, amen. Praise Him. Praise Him for that. So, so we've seen people get more in an economy that says there's no more to get. Amen? And, and I think if there's one area that we saw the most in during this fast, is it was the area of finances. I, I've never heard so many people, jobs, raises, promotions, when the newspapers are saying something totally different, right? And so I, I, I believe God did that because it was the area that the world is scared the most in. And God says, when you're with me, you don't have to worry about what the world is scared of. Amen? And so I just believe, you know, God, God did it that way. But listen, we have also seen how fasting has no doubt brought up some ugly. Right? Can I give you some bochinche? Listen, there was some ugly come up in this church, let me tell you. There was ugly coming up in our families. There was ugly coming up. I don't think I ever got so many text messages or emails or phone calls or prayer requests. Or There was bochinche coming. There was just ugly, ugly coming up during this time. But you know what's even awesome about that? What God reveals, He heals. Amen? Can somebody testify to that? What God reveals, He heals. And I've learned through a lot of ugly that God doesn't bring these things up and out in our lives to hurt us. It doesn't come up to destroy us. God wants to make you stronger. I received that for me. Anybody? 
God wants to make you stronger. God doesn't want to destroy you. He doesn't want to bring all this ugly up to, to destroy you. He wants to make you better. He wants to make you more able. It is not fun and it usually hurts. If you've had a broken bone that never set right, you go to the doctor and the doctor has to re-break that bone to set it right so that it can heal properly. Correct? Now we've all come through some hard things sometimes. Some of us are still going through some hard things, hard times this morning. And even if the things you've gone through were such a long time ago, if that thing wasn't set right back then, come on, am I talking to anybody? A prolonged time of fasting like this will reveal to you that that thing wasn't set right, that it was not dealt right, that break was never put back in order. And so the same way we'd have to trust in that doctor to break the bone in order again to reset it, this time has, has made us trust and depend on God who knows the past, present, and future to set things right. And so the breaking is going to hurt, the breaking thing, and, the, and, and, and to build it up again. But once that thing is broken and built up, you're going to be stronger. You're going to be more able to bear more weight. Understand this. Understand this. God makes us stronger not so that we would have better MySpace pictures. God makes us stronger so that we can do more. God makes us stronger so we can accomplish more, so that we can risk more, so that we can grow more, so that we can mature more, so that we can help more, so that we can serve more. Amen? So listen, do not be discouraged. That's my word to you today. Do not be discouraged. If all you experienced through this time of fasting was the ugly. If all you experienced during this time was the breaking, was the sacrifice, the bad attitudes, the nastiness in the house, and you're feeling today like, why in the world did I do this? Why? I don't feel closer to God. I feel like it was all in vain. I feel like it was useless. Anybody in here? Maybe I'm just not spiritual like the others. Maybe I'm just not good enough like the other people. Maybe I should just leave church. Maybe I should just stop trying. Maybe God is just through with me. Maybe God doesn't hear me. Maybe God doesn't want me anymore. Has anybody felt like that during this time. Shut up. Can I tell you that in love? Shut up. Did you do it to get something or to give something? See, because you see, fasting was about giving something. We went without so that God could, not, not, to, not so that God could give us something. We went without so that we can give God something. More time, more attention, more trust, more dependence. If things in your life are still jacked up, God is showing you the ugly so that you can, He can show you who you're still dependent on, who you're trusting on. I'm talking to some of you today. See, now that we've done something like this, I, I'll be dead honest with you now, I can confess, I didn't think I was going to get through it. Is that alright for me to tell you? 
Maybe you want some holier pastors. Go find someplace else. But I, I didn't think I was going to get through it. I said, man, we should have done one day. We should have done a three day. That was, hey, we're a new church. God would have had grace on us. We should have just said, you know, the other church are doing 21, but we're brand new. We're only three years old. I'm new at this. You're new at this. Man, let's just do one or three days. Amen? And I would say, man, it's too late now. And after the first week, I said, can, can we just like, God, give me some inspiration to preach a message that say, let's end it today. Amen. <laughs> and I was praying, God, let's just, maybe that was enough to get people stirred up. That was enough to get people encouraged. God, just give me a word that let me end it now. But no. But here we are 21 days after we did it. Tell somebody we did it. We did it. Even if I did one day, you did it. Even if you modified it a thousand times, you did it. Even if you started and gave up. Even if you started and quit every day, you did something. Amen? Amen. Come on, be encouraged. And so now that, now that I, I see we've done something like this, I, I think of it like this. God, check this out. I gave you the first fruits of my year. Listen, this will mess you up. This is awesome. Say, God... I gave you, look, look what I've done, God. It's January 25th. I gave you the first fruits of my year. My, my, my first, my tithe, a tithe from my lifestyle was this time of fasting that I gave you. These 7, 14, 21 days, they were ministry to God. See, we, we always look at ministry like getting, we get ministry, Right? Mostly we come to church to get, not to give. Anybody be honest? Right? We come to church to get, not to give. People leave church and go to another church because I'm not getting, I'm not getting. Man, what are you giving? Right? So, so we always in it to get something. We always in it to get something. The whole body of Christ has a welfare mentality. We just want to get in line and get free cheese and free wick and free juice and free, you know, and then we want to fight about it if we don't get the right measure. Some of you get that on the way home. Mostly we come to church to get, not to give. We go to God to get, not to give. Listen, this time of fasting has been a time of giving back to God. And so if you did it at all, amen. Amen. Now receive this. Whether you know it or not, whether you even believe it or not, if you took this seriously, all the time that you were fasting... You were maturing. You were maturing. Let me give you this, what I call is my aguacate theology. Because God showed me this picture during the fast. Aguacate means avocado for my non-Hispanics. God showed me this picture during the fast one night. I, I wanted to make some fajitas. Right? And, and I wanted to make the, some, we did it on the whole wheat bread. And so we, we got the whole wheat um, flour thing, the, the, the tortillas. And we got the vegetables, you know, um, grilled onions and grilled peppers. Anybody getting hungry? Or you're just sick of peppers by now. You're like, no, no. You ain't even tempting me. But anyway, so I wanted to do that. And then in, in place of chicken, I wanted to put a big chunk of avocado. So avocado was my chicken for, for these three weeks. Amen. And so, but, but the problem is, we were going to do it in two days, and I needed to find some good av avocados, some, some that are ready, right? And so I couldn't find them anywhere, <coughs> and so we went and bought three that were not ready, and so what do Hispanics do when an avocado is not ready? I heard put it in the oven, put it in a paper bag, 
right? Put it, you wrap it up in flour, I heard that too. The, the point, you put it in rice, I heard that too. The point is, you put it in something, cover it, right? You put it in a paper bag usually, you cover it, and you put it in a cabinet in the dark. Come on. Come on. Did you know why you do that? I, I thought, yeah, to ripen it, but do you understand the, the science behind it? I thought it was just another Puerto Rican wives' tale. You know, like, when, because Hispanics are strange, right? Come on, you get a nosebleed, you put paper, paper bag in here, right? It, I don't understand why that works. Some of the things are ridiculous. Some of the things you guys do with thread on the belly, it tells you if it's a boy or a girl. Some of that stuff is just witchcraft. But, 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 but this is actually... But listen, this is actually real stuff. I, I looked it up and it's real. You know why? It's because when you put something in the dark and wrapped up in the bag, what happens is the fruit, it, the gas that it normally blows off to other people, it has to deal with it itself. I also learned, I also learned through Google, thank God for Google, that if you want to mature it even quicker, you put other fruit in the bag with it. So think about that in the spiritual. So, so you can actually say that when it's left in the dark, it actually has to deal with the stuff that it usually blows off onto other people. And so in a shorter time, that thing, that fruit is ready. It is ready for use. I believe we went on this corporate fast because God wanted to mature us. I believe, so, so some of us during this time, we've been wrapped up in a paper bag, put on a shelf, and left in the dark all alone. Some of us have been locked in with other fruits to deal with, and now you've matured more than you would have normally just sitting in church on Sundays. Some of you are, and some of you are closer to being ready for use. This fast was something you can use so that you can be ready for use. And that's the title of this message this morning. Amen? Because you see, sometimes God will get us in the dark and keep us there a while. Because in the dark, we can't see nobody else. Good, Lisa caught that. In the dark, all we can see is us, how we feel, how we act. We can't put things off on nobody else. In the dark, we learn who and what we trust in. In the dark, the true you is often revealed. Say amen. The problem is that until maturity, most of us are scared of the dark. Anybody ever been scared of the dark? Most of you have. You're just not man enough to admit it. I remember growing up as a kid, my cousins, I had... I thought my cousins were superheroes, my older cousins. I thought they were the best people in the world. I thought these guys, if there's anything that, that, that somebody could do, my cousins could do it. I was so impressed by them. They were just the coolest people ever, right? And so one time, they were going to the movies. And my, my beef was, I just always wanted to be like them. I wanted to be with them, right? And so, you know, my mom, God bless her, she's right here somewhere. There she is. Hi, mom. My mom, I was, a, I was the only son. So you know what that means, right? I was on a real short leash. Right? Mama had me late and I'm the only one. 
So she's going to keep me safe, right? So I didn't get to do a lot of things that my cousins did, right? Which, thank God, was a good thing. Those in my family, you know. That was a good thing. But this one time, all my cousins were going to the movies. And so I was dying to go to the movies with them. I wanted to go so bad. I was this big. I don't remember how old I was, but I was really young. I was in the Boy Scouts, so that gives you an idea of kind of my age. I was really, really young. And my cousins were going to the movies, and so we lied to my mother, and they, we, we did a bunch of things because I wanted to go with them to the movies. And so they finally, we, we, we got out, and we got released, and we went to the movies. I was this big. And the movie was Friday the 13th. What a mistake that was. Needless to say, for the next 5, 7, 15, 20 years, I was scared of the dark. I was scared to take showers. I was scared to lie down. I was scared to open the closet. Basically, I was scared of everything and anything. I, listen, at night, I was a big, bigger kid now, and at night, I used to scream for mommy. See, I'm telling everybody my secrets. At night, I used to scream out, Ma! Ma! Papi! 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 Until they say, Callate ya, muchacho! And, and listen, you know, I... I used to call and call just to hear them scream at me because at least when they screamed at me, I knew I wasn't alone. Some people will live in abusive situations all of their lives because they're afraid to be alone. But that's for another message. Sometimes we're scared of the dark because of what we've been exposed to. And sometimes we're scared of the dark because of what we see in ourselves. Amen? See, if some things in the past weren't set right, then in the dark it's easy to feel alone. In the dark it's easy to feel isolated. It's easy to feel lonely. It's easy to feel afraid, to feel unsure, to feel uncertain. Doubt and darkness are cousins and they they creep up in the dark. Guilt and shame are related to to depression and darkness and and they just reside there. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? So listen, if that's how you've been feeling during this time of fasting, understand what's going on. God is just maturing you. He's making you ready to be used. And you're in good company too. Because just, listen, as good, we've been going through the book of Daniel, right? And as good as Daniel was, as faithful and committed as Daniel was, even though Daniel fasted, listen, we read in the word Daniel fasted in a different way than anybody else did in the Bible. And God knew even back then that people hundreds of years later will be fasting doing the Daniel fast. He knew that God will be, that people would be copying what Daniel did. So, so, you know, the, God, God knew that one day people all over the world will be using Daniel's fast to get closer to him. Even though Daniel prayed, even though Daniel was committed, even though Daniel was faithful, even Daniel got put in the dark. So tell somebody, there's hope for you yet. See, we started going through the book of Daniel. We've been going through it the three weeks of the fast. And although I was so happy to end the fast, say Amen. I don't want to end walking through this book. And so, just like we went through the life of Elijah last year, First and Second Kings, I want to go through the life of this prophet and some other prophets this year as we get into the Word this year. Amen? Amen. 
See, with maturity, we can understand more. Amen? So with maturity, we can grow more and we can take more in. I don't have to keep giving you little baby messages. Amen? We don't have to come here every Sunday. God loves you, papito. God just brought you here because he loved you. You're so lindo. That's, you understand? God brings us to a maturity where we can... Listen, God loves you, but that stuff you're doing is ugly. Right? And so we can tell you what the Word of God says, and I don't have to pinch your cheeks and, and, and make sure that I hug you and make sure that I, I greet you on the way out. No, come on. If you're here, this is the wrong place. Amen? This is a place, for me, of maturity. And so, God, this year, that's going to be our focus. We're going to just mature people. We started with the fast, and we're going to keep on with God's Word, unhindered, unwatered down. We're just going to keep rolling with what the Word says. We'll take it. If it's not for you, give it to somebody else. If it's for you and you don't want to accept it, somebody's going to be giving it to you. So recognize God is maturing you. Amen? All right. So, so let's, let's get into that book for a minute real quick before, before we, 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 we finish um, this morning, this afternoon. Where we left off, we saw King Nebuchadnezzar become like an animal, remember, for seven years. And then when he acknowledged God, everything was returned to him, and he was made greater than he ever was, the Word of God says. See, God is making you greater than you ever was. Amen? God said, I'll make you better. See, the king, so that king had a son, and so that son takes over after him. His name was Belshazzar, and so Belshazzar, now, he's the king, and he's having a party, and so he takes the chalices that were stolen from Jerusalem, and he starts using them like pimp cups. He's, he's using God's holy stuff, and he's just using them like a pimp cup, and they're pouring drinks, and they're getting drunk with it, and they're worshiping the God of this and the God of that with, with these, these holy emblems. How many of you know you can't use what God designed for holy for unholy? You, you understand? You'll bring wrath real quick when you use the holy for unholy purposes. But, and, and, whoa, that goes into, like, my body's a temple. This is holy, and so when you use the holy for unholy, that's a whole nother... So Belshazzar was using the holy as a pimp cup. And, and so all of a sudden, while they were partying with that, it says, the word of God says that a hand appeared and started writing on the wall. And so he was started, I mean, you would be tripping too, right? If a hand started writing in, in the wall in your house, right? And so he called all his brujos and brujas. He called all the, the, the diviners and astrologers and all those people. Nobody could tell him what he says. And so, of course, they called Daniel. And Daniel came and he said, I'll read it for you. And he said, if you read it, I'll reward you. I'll clothe you in purple. I'll give you a, uh, put a ring on your finger. I'll just, I'll make you the person in charge, right? And Daniel says, I don't care. You can keep all that. Let me just read what the graffiti that God put on the wall for you. And basically the graffiti says, um, um, Belshazzar, this is what it says. Basically God is saying, you've been measured and you've been found lacking. How many want to read that in your dining room wall? That's not like emblems that you put on the dining room. You've been measured and you've been found lacking. And so the word of God tells us that he, he rewarded them. He put a chain on them. He put a ring on them. He dressed them in purple. He made them the third highest ruler in the kingdom. But that night he was killed and another king takes over. What do we take from that? The rewards that the world has for you, they are fleeting and don't mean much. Amen? So don't go after those rewards because they don't mean much. Here, he was rewarded all that for like three hours. He was killed that night and a new king takes over. 
So this new king Darius, he appoints 120 governors and three presidents of which Daniel was one, right? And so in Daniel 6.3, it says, Then this Daniel was distinguished above the presidents and the satraps because of an excellent spirit in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Now, understand here, God, Daniel didn't work for a God-fearing man. Daniel didn't work in a Christian bookstore. He didn't work in a Christian company. He wasn't surrounded by Christians. It wasn't a godly environment. But it says there was such an excellent spirit in him that he set himself apart. He distinguished himself. He outclassed all of the others. Listen to me. Wherever it is that you work, whatever it is that you do, there should be such a spirit of excellence in you that you outclass everybody around you. Because you've been sealed with the spirit of excellence. Amen? So, listen to this quote God gave me. When you realize that what you do is as much as unto the Lord as what I do, then you'll rise above everyone else around you. Right? And, and some of you can say, come on, man, I pick up garbage for a living. What, what's up with that? Listen, what you do is as much unto the Lord because it's how you do it. It's how you do it. It's, it's, it's the attitude in which you do it. But I work in a bank. That ain't pleasing God. Listen, what you do is as much unto the Lord as what I do. Amen? And so there should be an excellent spirit in them. Okay, so what happens? Now, this guy, he does everything excellent. Well, what happens? When good people rise up, haters wake up. Come on, is it like that in life? When good people rise up, haters wake up. Yeah, amen. Somebody been hating on lately? See, the word says that these other governors and these presidents, they, they were hating on Daniel because he was just better than everybody. He was just doing things in excellence. <clears throat> he wasn't trying it. He just was. Right? And so they said they tried to find something against him, the word says. But they couldn't because there was no corruption in him. Can you imagine? Can people at your job say, I try to find something against you, but there was nothing bad in you? Can you imagine walking that way? I try to find something against you, but there's nothing bad in you. There's no corruption in you. So what happens? So they say, we're not going to find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it concerning the law of his God. Listen to me. They say, we can't touch this man's character at work, so we're going to have to mess with his religion. Anybody been there? See, when the enemy can't get you to fall in other ways, when he can't find fault in you, He'll always come after your faith. And so they went to the king. They made him sign this decree. And when Daniel finds out, you know, they made him sign this decree that if, if anybody worships or prays to any other god except the king, then within the next 30 days, then he should be thrown into the lion's den. When Daniel finds out that this decree was published, did he go scared? Did he hide? No, it says he went to his house and prayed, giving thanks to God just like he always did. Somebody said, that's a one-fiver. That's a hardcore man right there. He said, what? There's a decree in the whole land that if anybody worships another God, they're going to be thrown in the lake of fire? Well, listen, that's all I know to do. All I know to do is worship my God. Amen? How many of you feel that way? All I know to do is worship God. I've tried drugs. I've tried sex. I've tried help from everybody else. All I know to worship God. All I know is that my deliverer lives. So Daniel went home, he prays, and of course, they caught him, because he wasn't hiding, it says his windows are open. That's a, that dude is bold, right? Man, I want to be hardcore like that. He, he, I mean, he could have prayed in the, in, the, in the closet, right? He could have prayed with a, 
but Lord, you said the prayer closet, and so, right? No, but it says the windows are open facing Jerusalem, and he kneels and prays three times a day like he always does. And so naturally they caught him. They go back to the king, and they tell the king, you know, they boom, boom, and, and the word, you know how the story goes, the word got back to the king. The king says, well, you know what happened? The king had to force Daniel to be thrown in the lion's den for the breaking of that decree. Now, can you imagine what Daniel experienced that night? I started thinking about this because, you know, it's like a little kid's story that we tell, that we teach our kids, and, and sometimes it doesn't get that, that, you know, Daniel in the lion's den. It's, it's cute. We use little characters and we teach Bible stories, but, but, but no, that's, that's, that's hardcore stuff. Amen? And so I started thinking about that, and I said, man, um, um, I don't know how you see it in your head, but a den of lions with a boulder sealing the entrance sounds like a dark place to me. I started trying to do some research on it. I couldn't find any pictures because they didn't have cameras back then. But, you know, I tried to kind of get an explanation of, of how that was. And basically it was a cave. And so they would seal the cave off with a boulder and, and the king would place his, his, his seal on it so that nobody could tamper with it. But basically that is a dark place. There's no electric lights in there. There's no switches. There's no fences. It's just a hole in a cave with the mouth sealed with a huge boulder. Now, if that wasn't scary enough... Add that to the fact that there are hungry lions in that cave and there is no food in that cave but you. How many know you'd be feeling like a chicken wing at a Super Bowl party? You stand no chance, right? Anybody chicken wings stand a chance at a Super Bowl party? No. See, sometimes God will force us to spend some time sitting in the dark, sitting all alone surrounded on all sides by our enemies. Who, by the way, the Word of God says that the enemy in 1 Peter 5 eight prowls around the earth like a roaring lion, seeking, looking for someone to devour. So doesn't that kind of give you the good picture? So what I find interesting about that is that Daniel never resisted. He didn't argue. He didn't fight back. He didn't defend himself. You and I would be like, that is not fair, dude. Right, how many of you sign petitions? You be passing petitions around the church? That is not fair. I serve you, God. I pray. I, I, all I do is depend on you, God. And you're throwing me in the thing. And you, be, you form all kinds of you know, craziness to, to fight, to resist that thing. You say, God, I do not deserve to be thrown into this situation. That is not right. That is, I'm not coming back to this church. I'm not serving you anymore. I'm not, how many, how many, right? Right? Come on, I'll be right with you. I'll be like, God, come on, man. I'm trying to pass the church here. You throw it. No, that ain't right. That's not fair. But, but the, Daniel just, just took it. He knew that was it. And so he said, all right. So listen, it says the king came first thing in the morning and asked Daniel. He says, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel responds. My God sent his angel who closed the mouths of the lions so that they would not hurt me. How many of you get that picture? He, he didn't say, and, and you know, you have scientists and theologians and everybody, well, it was the time that they put him in was not the proper feeding time for the lions. And so, it, you know, it's possible that the man could have been in the cave and the lions not attacked him. Perhaps the lions have 
uh, night vision that didn't see him. And the, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's all kinds of explanations for it. Listen, you throw somebody in the den of lions, even if the lion's not hungry, he's just going to slap you around. I mean, right? I've been in the Bronx Zoo. Those lions are 108 years old. They're old. They're not even hungry no more. And, but but if, you, if you aggravate them enough, they'll... Right? 108. They don't eat like, like three feet. Just, you know, they got like two teeth left. They just busted lions. They're not even like this, these, you know, right? They'll still kill you, right? But imagine, you get thrown into, but, but imagine, imagine being in there, and, and it says that, the, God, Daniel said, the Lord sent an angel to shut the mouths of the lions. Can you imagine being that close to a lion and having his mouth shut? Would you kind of be like, I don't know about you, but I'd be gassed up. I would be like. I'd be threatening the lion, I'd be slapping him up. I just, I'm like, wow, God. I mean, just can you imagine what a faith builder that is? See, sometimes we fast and pray that God would deliver us from something, that he would keep us from something, that he would stop something from happening, that he would stop something before it happens. And sometimes he does. But there are times that God won't deliver us from something. He's waiting to deliver us through something. Some of you need to receive that today. See, in the dark, in that situation that you've been having a rough time through, in that lonely place where you can't depend on anybody else, it's in those rough patches where you discover the hand of God shutting the mouth of the devourer and your faith is increased. Amen? If you don't go through that, you'll never grow through that. Amen? See, you have to, the, in order for you to grow, I can tell you this story again and again and again and again until you, we memorize Daniel chapter, the whole chapter. And we can recite it again and again. But until you've been in a situation where the enemy is all around you and you have no chance of making it, and you make it, until you've... For you, not for me, it can't be your grandma's story, it can't be your great-grandma, it can't be the old grandma from church that we tell that story again and again and again and give that testimony every... No, no, every week we need to give testimonies like we were doing today. Every week, we need, God, if God is still the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, then He still does the same things. And sometimes God will put us in the lion's den just so that we can watch Him shut the mouths of lions just so that your faith can be built up, just so that you can be stronger, just so that you can mature, just so that you can do greater things. Somebody say amen. amen. When God won't keep you from it, He'll keep you through it. Somebody receive that. Listen, you might be feeling today like a hard fruit stuffed in a bag and put on a shelf and left in the dark. And this fast might have made that seem even worse. And even though you've prayed, God hasn't delivered you from it. I want to tell you today, he's delivering you through it. And when you come out, you're going to be ready for use. Let's stand for a moment. Tell somebody, God is getting me ready. <laughs> come on. God is getting me ready. Come on. God is getting me ready. 
If that was for you today, would you just raise a hand? Say, God, I needed to hear that today. God, God, I've been, I've been complaining about this fast. I've been bickering. I've been, God, I've been angry about this thing. I felt like this hasn't brought me closer. This hasn't made me read more. This hasn't made me do more. God, and you've just been, and God is saying, shh. Look around. Everything that you thought was going to happen bad is not. I've shut the mouths of every lion in your life. Look around. Let's just bow our heads. Let's just close our eyes and get with ourselves for a moment. Gary, Pastor Gary, I'm going to have you come up and pray in a second. Just come on, look, look around in, in, inside and, and, and think about the things that you've been through and think about the things that, that God has already delivered you from. Think about what He's doing. Think about and, and get excited because God is getting you ready for use. Gary, come up here and pray for a minute. But let me give you a quick little object lesson. That day, that week, we put a couple of avocados in. And we only used a couple. So one got ready and it wasn't used and it got rotten. It got wasted. See, the problem in the body of Christ is that we like to build people up and we like to make people ready, but then we don't use them. And we just leave it to a couple of people that, that get used in the ministry. And we just leave it to a couple of elect Listen, God is preparing you, and I don't want any rotten avocados in this church. God is preparing you to do something. And, and when God tells you to do something, it's time to go. You come to me, you come to the associate, you come to the team. He said, God, God is getting me ready for use. I want to be used. Where do you need me? Don't come and tell me what you want to do. Come and say, where does God want me? That's the right attitude. You understand? Don't come, please, don't come and tell me God is calling me to preach, yeah? God will call you to mop the floors before God will teach you and, and let you preach. Because with this comes some serious responsibility. What I share here, I need to live it. I need to go home to my wife and my kids. I need to face them in the eye. And if I've been a hypocrite, I need to come clean. You understand? Otherwise, this is garbage. But God taught me that while I was cleaning toilets at another church. God taught me that while I was babysitting kids, while kids were kicking at me and spitting on me, and I hated ministry. So God, what is this? What? Kids, I had a little kid spitting at me every Sunday. I'm going to kill this kid and go to jail. Is that what you want, Lord? But God matured me through that and God brought me to this place. This didn't come easy, do you understand? And this is still not easy. I got to wrestle with God every week to say, God, what would you have me say to your people? So don't come and tell me what you want to do. Come and ask, what does God have for me? Because I feel God is maturing me. I feel, and I don't want to go bad, amen? Gary, release that, release that. How many of you would say today, I'm, I'm waiting on God. Come it's on. been hard. I'm going through a desert place. I've been praying and praying. But just before I pray, I want to let the worship team sing this song over you right now. If you're saying, I'm waiting. I'm in the lion's den. I'm in a hard place. And if God doesn't show up, then I'm in trouble. Before I pray, let, let's just soak right now in this song in the presence of God.
Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.